0: I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today I am answering your questions texted into the podcast phone number, but first today's Rosebud and Thorn. My rose today is that for the last two weeks I have just been writing Enneagram poetry for Instagram and It makes me so happy. Like, so happy. You have no idea. Like, uh, it brings me so much joy. Just each day waking up and realizing that I get to meditate on each number and think about what I would like to say to them that day. It's a true gift, like a treasure in my life. My thorn is Kind of a thorn. It's kind of not. (laughs) It's that my therapist is like really pushing me to rest. We kind of had like a come to Jesus this week, and she was like, Listen, you are not resting. You think that you are resting, and you are not resting. And that was like really eye opening for me. I'm reading the book where I just finished You Don't Owe Anyone, which the author of that came on our podcast not too long ago, but reading that i was like oh my gosh i'm not resting i'm not resting so we're having to relearn rest figure out what that looks like and which means i'm having to significantly i had already like before i went to my therapy session i had already pared down my life like i w- i was on that journey we'll talk more about this on friday I was already on that journey and she kind of was like, that's still not enough. You're still doing too much and challenged me to keep doing it, keep kind of paring down. So that's hard for a lot of us, but as a seven, I find it hard because here's the thing is I have to figure out how to not fill that time now, right? Like now that I'm making time, I have to be really disciplined and not Finding new ways to fill it up. So my bud though is that this quarter, the whole goal of the quarter is to embrace inspiration and creativity. And again, I hate to keep saying this, but we're going more on that on Friday. Friday's like our monthly check-in episode where I'll give you all of the details of everything that's going on. But that's what's up with me. That's my rosebed thorn. All right, let's dive into today's questions. Question one. Hi, Sarah Jane. I love you and your podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for creating content for us listeners. Thanks for listening. Question. I am an Enneagram six and my boyfriend is an eight. We have just bought a house and we are officially moving in together for the first time. Do you have any tips for getting through the stress of the moving process together? I lean towards the counter type of six, so we definitely don't suffer from being conflict shy in our relationships. I want to make sure that this process brings us closer together and that we can look back on it with fond memories. I would so appreciate any tips. Thank you. You are amazing. You are amazing. Congratulations on getting your first place together, moving in, or, you know, buying your first house. So the first thing to keep in mind is that you are both reactive types. Six and eight are both reactive, which means it sounds like really intense. It sounds like a negative thing, but really all that it's saying is that You want to be heard. You want your feelings to be heard and your thoughts to be heard and you want to be validated in those feelings. And so I think that's first and foremost. You both are going to need a lot of validation when stress arises. Another reason that this is important to know is that meditation is really important for you both, especially in a season of stress. You might think that you don't have time to meditate right now. You have too much going on. And that is means that you need to meditate more. (laughs) So I would invite you both to tap into a meditation practice that works for you. It may be a guided meditation. It may be a walking meditation where you just go for a walk completely unplugged. It could be yoga nidra, which is like kind of a nap. It feels like you're taking a nap. Like it's very relaxing, very soothing. It could be that you just, you know, you do a movement meditation, whatever you need to do, something that gets you still enough silent enough to create some space between your thoughts your feelings and your reactions and that's going to help you both it's going to be so supportive to you both as you navigate the season of transition you can do these things together if you want to you know you don't have to do them alone i think i like to do them alone but you can meditate at the same time you can go to meditation classes if you want to The second is just some self-soothing techniques. So if you are prone to kind of that flight or flight response, finding that you get, maybe you get heated kind of quickly or you feel yourself getting a little bit panicky or anxious, you can find some ways to soothe yourself. One of the ways that I talk about on the Instagram feed is just box breathing. It's the simplest thing in the world. It's really just breathing in for four, a count of four, Holding your breath for a count of four, breathing out for a count of four, holding your breath for a count of four. repeating. And this can help you so much when you're in a situation, you're having a hard conversation, maybe you're in conflict to kind of bring your body into the present moment and not react bigger than you need to, to the current situation. But also you all have complementary skill sets. Like I imagine that you're going to be great at kind of thinking ahead, being prepared, not procrastinating. And they're going to be great at getting things out the door. You know, when the day comes, like they're going to be like, let's go, let's go, let's, Go. Um, So, in that way, um, you know, and eights are future oriented as well. So, they're going to be able to really think through with you. So, you're going to be able to support each other. So, the thing that I would encourage is to allow yourselves to be influenced by each other. Look at the things that maybe normally confuse you about them and ask yourself, what can I learn about this? You know, what do I have to learn here? And how can I let this person? improve me and make me better and vice versa. You know, sixes can learn a lot about eight's confidence and eight's ability to to think that like, we can do anything. Everything is possible. I am capable. I have what I need. I trust myself, right? Those are things that sixes can really learn and grow through. And AIDS can really benefit from like, whoa, 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 let's slow down for a second and really think this through. Is this something we need to be doing right now at this time? Does it have to happen this fast? Is it beneficial to do that? How is this going to impact other people? These are things that you can really learn from one another. And then finally, the thing that I, if you do nothing else other than meditate, meditate's number one, (laughs) but if you do nothing else other than meditate, say the truth beneath the truth. What I mean by that is eights are comfortable with anger, sixes have a relationship to fear, and sometimes we're speaking out of those places instead of the vulnerability that's underneath those places. So for eights, if, you know, you find that you're like getting frustrated with someone or angry at someone, ask yourself, what am I trying to protect? What am I scared of that's kind of underneath this intense Anger reaction. And can I just share that? So instead of saying, like, why did you put your dishes away like that? You can say, whoa, the little kid in me, you know, is afraid of having a dirty home. This brings up this kind of memory for me. And I'm worried that you don't respect me or you don't care about me or you don't care about our home. Like, get more vulnerable. And the same thing for sixes. I am someone, not that all sixes deal with anxiety. I'm not saying that, but all sixes do deal with fear. I am someone also in the head triad, deal with fear, but also I deal with anxiety. And sometimes what happens is I'll speak out of the anxiety, right? I'll be like, well, what if this happens and then this happens and then this happens? And what I really mean is... I don't trust that when this happens, we'll have what we need and I'm scared of this thing. I'm scared of being uncomfortable. I'm scared of this being unhappy or I'm worried that you don't love me, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. So, you know, what's the truth beneath the truth? You know, what do you want to be saying to them? But then like, get underneath that. And what's the softer, more gushier thing that you're a little bit scared to say? That's where you're going to invite compassion and intimacy and empathy from your partner instead of putting them on the defensive. All right. I hope that is helpful. And we're going to get into a quick word from today's sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But you know, as I got older, I gave it up because I realized it was full of sugar and things that just don't feel good on my body. And Here's the thing. We have a picky eater at our house. We have a nine-year-old and he is a picky eater and he loves himself some Fruit Loops. He loves himself some Fruity Pebbles. And honestly, at some days it's just like, is this the battle I wanna pick? Is this the hill that I'm gonna die on? And like, no, probably not. But Magic Spoon has come in and it has changed <laughs> our breakfast lives forever. It has zero grams of sugar. 13 to 14 grams of protein which is honestly for my kiddo who loves to say he's a pescatarian even though he does not eat any meat that's a big concern for me so the protein's a big deal only four net grams of carbs in each serving and only 140 calories a serving it's keto friendly gluten-free grain-free soy-free and low carb there are four flavors we have tried them all Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. We personally really like to mix the peanut butter and the cocoa together. It tastes exactly like regular cereal from your childhood, but it is super nutritious. It's delicious, super healthy cereal that brings joy to your mornings or your afternoons. Y'all, I'm gonna be really honest with you, I was a skeptic. My husband asked to buy the cereal a few months ago. And I was like, really, I just don't think it's going to be as good as they say it is. I don't know. I don't want to order my cereal on the internet. I just was like, not into it. Okay. Well then they sent me the boxes over and I had to eat my words. I was completely wrong. Like I was just so wrong. Plus they make it a subscription. So it comes to you. You don't have to be like weird about it on the internet. Okay. Like they make it so, so easy and it is incredibly delicious. You go to magicspoon.com slash egram to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use your promo code egram at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, rightfully so, that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash egram and use the code egram to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. All right, our next question. Hi, Sarah Jane. I have a question I've been putting off but would love your advice on. I'm a type three who is between jobs. I have been trying to make job searching my full-time job to keep my day structured and fulfilling, but I can already feel my mental health wavering. I also just came out of a stressful job and was burnt out. I can't afford to take a lot of time without job hunting, but would regret not using this time to, the dreaded word for me, relax. Any advice on improving my self-confidence routine and life during this time would be greatly appreciated. I love the podcast and listen every morning with my coffee. Hi, thank you. So I'm just gonna speak from the heart for a second here. I, like you, I imagine, learned somewhere along the way that we earn our right to rest. That if I rest, I must have worked in equal measure to make the rest something I deserved. And because of this, I have found ways, very creative ways to make even self-care feel like work. You know, it's like even my attempts to nurture myself can become tasks on a to-do list, things that take energy that don't pour back into me and it's almost unconscious, right? It's like, well, this is the right way to rest. This is the good rest. This is the way that I make rest worth it. As true story here, last week, I think any overworker knows this moment where you've been working too much and then you have a day off that you intend to use to feel to rest or to do something fun and your body shuts down. Like you get sick. And that happened to me. (laughs) Last week, I had a really intense week. It was very emotionally vulnerable. It was very, I did a lot of live events. It was very taxing. And Friday, I had like charted out this is my day to plan, to dream, to think big. And I shut down. My body shut down. I drove all the way to the office and it was like, no, we're not going to do this. You're not going to be able to do this today. And the way my, like, I want to say, sick brain, (laughs) The way my sick brain worked was like, you're allowed to rest today, but what you're going to have to do to deserve that is you're going to have to empty out the garden bed. So I had like this like potted garden that I had done and um, the beds needed to be cleaned out for the winter. And I had planned to do that Saturday. So I thought, well, if I take today off, I'll work tomorrow and then I'll do the gardening that I plan to do today and I'll have earned my rest. And I start taking the garden beds, like, you know, I needed to take them down to the other side of the yard so I'm carrying these giant tubs of dirt, which if you've ever carried tubs of dirt, it is very heavy. And I'm already feeling like, it feels like I got hit by a truck that day and I'm like pushing myself to do this. And I'm in the middle of doing it and my I get like a splitting migraine. And I never have migraines. I, I've had maybe two in my life. And I got a splitting migraine. It like took me to my knees, so I I had to stop, right? My body was like, if you're not gonna listen to me, I'm gonna make you listen to me. Like we're gonna talk. And so I had to rest. I had to come inside. My husband had to get me medicine. I took a bath. Like, you know, I had to rest. I say all of this to say that when you think that rest is earned, right? When you think that rest is something that you achieve or you're worthy of then you don't do integrated rest well, right? You become kind of weird about your self-care. It becomes like another thing that you achieve or succeed at. Then, you know, you find when you rest, it's you rest out of desperation instead of moderation. And so what we need to work on, you and me, type three, is moderated rest. We need to figure out how do we rest even when we're not tired so that we can prevent the need to rest when we're moments of desperation. I'll tell you what that looks like for me. First of all, the thing that I've had to integrate is moments of doing absolutely nothing. No phone, no book, absolutely nothing. I'm having to grow this, right? I can't just, I'm not just able to do this like naturally. I have a little analog timer that I got off of Amazon and me and that timer go outside in the morning. I turn it to five minutes the first day sat out there and just didn't do anything. Day one felt horrible, right? Like I felt like, how am I gonna do this? I kept checking the timer. But day two, I set it to seven minutes. Just went a little bit up. And day two felt amazing. By the time the timer went off, I felt like I'm not ready to go back inside yet. This feels so good. And this is kind of my replacement for meditation. What I, I've been meditating um, using guided meditations. And there's something about that that's, achievement oriented for me where I use insight timer and it gives you like little like seven days in a row you've meditated now so I'm like good girl you meditated you are just you are worthy of love (laughs) so that energy is still there for me plus it's on my phone which I'm trying to avoid more so yeah all of that to say that moments of doing nothing allows me a little bit of playfulness around meditation. There's no perfect way to do nothing. And I don't have to control my thoughts so much. I'm allowed to just be there and think about whatever. Watch the squirrels, enjoy the marigolds, enjoy the changing of the leaves, notice my environment, and it immediately calms my nervous system. Okay, so that's number one. This is going to take a while. Okay, number two is yoga. That's always just like an integral thing in my life I have to do. I've started doing qigong, which is kind of like an energy thing, but for me it's a way to just kind of work on my circulation. A lot of people say qigong is good for the lungs. I have some like lung concerns, so I've been doing qigong, but it's also kind of like a very soothing, slow-paced thing that forces me to slow down, to get in touch with my breath, to feel my body, to listen to my body. You cannot rush through it. And so that has been really helpful. And then just cutting anything that's extra. And this is the one that I really want for you, okay? I want you to have moments of doing nothing. And then I really want you to, have to cut out anything that's extra. Like what are we overachieving at that doesn't even need to be overachieved, right? Because I imagine you might be similar to me in the sense that everything could be done well right? Like there's no end to the amount of things that could be done well. And so for me, the way that this has looked at times is like, okay, I get like kind of weird about the fridge. Like I clean the fridge out every single week. And I know a lot of you probably do too. And a lot of you probably don't, but I literally felt like I was failing when I didn't. Right, Like if I felt like, oh, we're wasting food or some food went bad in the fridge or I didn't like freeze my vegetables so that I can make them into broth or freeze my fruit so that I can make them into smoothies. Like I didn't do it the right way. So therefore like things are slipping out of my control and like I'm failing. And I say that to say I had a conversation with my therapist and she was like, do you know how often I clean out my fridge? Like every couple months. And I was like, what? the freedom, you know, the freedom in that. And not that like, I need to go a couple months without cleaning out my fridge. But what this invites me into is like, whoa, maybe you're holding too tightly on some things that don't even matter. Like maybe there are areas in your life that you're kind of intense about, even though that's not helpful. And I know that a lot of people and I work with a lot of people who's like they're working toward discipline so that they can do more things. Right? You and I, our discipline is gonna have to be doing less things. You know, disciplining ourselves to not fill our time, to not be perfect, to notice that one of the plants in the corner has a couple of dead leaves and not do anything about it right now. Just let it go, let it be. So I'm inviting you to cut out anything that is extra right now, okay? That includes for me, that's phone time. Because of our phones, our nervous systems are constantly being fried, right? Like we're constantly inputting so much information. And if we start the day, like just on our phone, I know, I know we hear this all the time. It is everywhere, but it's also like, Happening, right? Like, and I felt like I was someone who had good boundaries around my phone, and I do sometimes. Like, I turn it off on Sundays. I take Instagram off for the weekends, um, but I would still find myself accidentally just like being on my phone in the morning, first thing, and not thinking it's impacting me. But the truth is, it does. It it stays in our system. We don't get bored enough to be still we don't get bored enough to have our minds relax if we think back just like 50 years ago the way that we're inputting information is so different than from just 50 years ago right like our parents sat at home and like didn't have a phone constant you know they weren't constantly inputting all kinds of opinions their social circle was kind of limited to the people that they interacted with in their neighborhood and in their job. So it's important that we remember like, whoa, technology has grown so fast. It's so ingrained in our life that when we use it as our tool for rest, it isn't doing its job, right? I'm not saying that phones are evil and phones are bad and you shouldn't be on your phone ever. There's, you know, it's nice. I love the phone. Obviously it's what I do for a living, but. It's not our rest, right? It might be our entertainment, but it is not our rest. It's not deep rest. So all of this to say, of course you need to find work, right? Like that is so important. We live in a society that where that is required. However, what you can you take off of your plate outside of that journey that would allow for deeper rest when you aren't on the job search. So where can you lower expectations for yourself in other areas? Where could you be asking for help and support? And can you find pockets or moments every day to do nothing? That is my invitation to you, dear type three. Sorry for the long answer. I hope that that was supportive. All right, friends, thank you so much for sharing your questions with us. If you have Enneagram questions, you can call or text them into 828- three, three, eight, nine, one, two, seven. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next one.